Here's the thing, Isaac. Uh, we have an episode coming up on Tuesday this week that is oh. going to be February 1st, which is the stars really align there. Because in February, we always celebrate it as a found footage February. And uh, completely slipped my mind. So there's, we talked nothing about found footage in that episode. <laughs> so we're officially kicking it off with you, which cool. I think is appropriate. Because I honest, I'm going to make a prediction. I've been doing some tarot card readings, and uh, mm-hmm. I know, oh boy, I know that you're a Libra, aren't you? Chad? That Isaac, God, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Does he know this? I'm yeah. sure. He so I heard that Thomas Burke uh, of the TBR Report bullied him into listening to our episode. Which Tom, <laughs> how fucking cruel of you! Um, but dude, Isaac, <laughs> Isaac, I, I look this. This show <laughs> has several different purposes, none of which are entertainment based for our listeners. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. one of those is is just to kind of protect me from my own personal psychosis, and just talking into yeah. a microphone can help. Another reason is to help educate Russell as a thirty-seven year old man who should know things that a certain thirty-seven year old man should know, like <laughs> how to pronounce the very common name of Isaac. Now, funny. Yeah, enough. I'm. I'm used to people misspelling it, but I've had <laughs> not not really mispronounced. That was a new one, dude. It's I bananas. I chart new territory. I'm a trailblazer, and honestly, the the beauty about this show is we have too many fucking voices on it. Three of them could have chimed in and been like, "What the fuck are you talking about, <laughs> Isaiah?" But I think yeah. <laughs> Clark was texting. Randy was playing the keyboard. Oxana, I don't know what the hell she was probably drinking wine. No, I need. I do you understand <laughs> babysitting you is a full time job? Oh, it is. And again, um, so <laughs> Isaac, I apologize for that. Yes, although I do think it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> the thing is, oh man, you know we run a film fest, and you were you actually were a part of the first year. And in mm-hmm. the first unnamed footage festival, you submitted to me what I really hoped we got more of, which was cop cam. And it was oh, a yeah. it was a found footage short where we have a flashlight and we're in an abandoned building and we're exploring. And that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite visual aesthetics. Yeah. And it's to see your career and like where you've gone with it, man, I really think you're somebody that found footage fans need to be aware of and watch. Because, dude, Thanks. you're you're crushing it here, and um, I, you know, I I make up names like Isaac when I'm too <laughs> excited, and yeah. man, I I want to touch on this last, but a dead where uh, you really um, I don't know, you you gave me some life with that film, and uh, a little bit of psychosis, I guess. <laughs> but um, dude, thanks for for taking the time and coming to chat with us. Yeah, no problem. Now, let's, let's talk about that hat. That's a cool hat, man. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. What so has the has the show like started officially? <laughs> yes. You can okay, never okay. tell. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, <laughs> I didn't know if it was like introduction still or what's. All right. I'm here. What's up? <laughs> what's so up? What... <laughs> How's it going? So what's up with that hat? It's a cool hat, man. What is that? Oh uh, yeah. It's... I just like the pump the pumpkin on it actually. Honestly, it's I just thought it was a cool pumpkin Halloween hat. Um yeah, and I got it in a weird uh small store in Austin, so yeah. What's the store? Uh it's called uh man, something October. 
<laughs> black, black it's a very okay, so they 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 sell like really kinky stuff in there so it's it's okay. not like yeah it's it's not like a place i go to every day but it's they have like some cool horror stuff and then some really like kinky kinky stuff in there and so i stay on the horror side and but yeah they have like cool hats and like like vintage shirts and things like that I mean, we could talk a little bit more about the kinky stuff. What, what, what kind yeah. of kinky stuff are we talking about here? Like uh, sexy outfits, uh, more for the for the women, I, I would say. Don't like, touch. Uh, <laughs> yes. <yeah, it's, laughs> uh, like like leather straps and things like that. Um, yeah, stuff like that. For the for the more adventurous of us. Yeah, for the more adventurous. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you went in there to buy the and got a damn hat. You know what? We can just You should see Clark's bathroom. It looks like a fucking little kink shop in there. What are you talking about? You got, like, you got some risky magazines in that cabinet. Oh. No, no, no. I'm more than happy to talk about this. Those, those risky magazines came with the bathroom. That's, that is true. 100%. I opened up the, the bottom cabinet below my sink, and I see three inked magazines <laughs> like what what's going on here and i maybe have kept those magazines and then we signed the contract we're like we need this That's house it. now nice signing bonus all right isaac uh so what the hell now what, what so let's start man i I can't do it. My brain is all over the place and I want to just jump all over, but I'm going to try my best to go through this film. All your, I can't even fucking say it. Filmography. I'm, I'm here. I'm holding your hand. So I just watched the stream mm-hmm. and man, it's really interesting looking at you as a filmmaker. Cause I'm trying to unravel what the difference between a traditional like studio style filmmaker and like somebody who pursues found footage and the stream you have such busy camera work and normally i think a lot of people who are like cinema and film fans think that's a bad thing like we look at italian horror and you know they kind of like critique it like zooms and moving shots but now the stream is on amazon prime and when i jumped into that the feel i got was rope i was thinking hitchcock because we have a lot of long shots here and it looks like you meticu- meticulously planned out where you were going to go. The lighting looked right because there's no shadows dancing around. And I'm just curious, like, for your first feature, um, it seemed pretty ambitious. Like, w- yeah. what got you on that? Yeah, it was, it was maybe. Um, so, yeah, it was my first feature. And, you know, we, we had no, like, script kind of going in. It was just like. Every day we shot, I just had a kind of list of things that would kind of happen. And, you know, the the actors would kind of like rehearse, you know, lines. They would kind of improv. And, you know, actually the main inspiration for the whole movie was that um, there was this demo for, I think it was PlayStation. It was the Silent Hills demo. I think it was called PT. Oh, the, yep. the little house where you're just kind of walking around and... Like that that demo, it just like struck a chord with me, and so I was like, okay, well, I want to try to do something like this demo, um, you know, in a film format. And so that's you know, the camera was just this little like handheld kind of gimbal thing, and you know, it was just yeah, I would kind of like pre-plan, you know, 
I think I think I shot it like five minute chunks at a time. And so I would kind of pre-plan where I would be with the camera. Um, you know, the lighting was kind of spread out evenly, so I could, you know, kind of go anywhere we wanted and lighting wouldn't be an issue. And yeah, I mean, it was just, you know, it was kind of like, it was very experimental, um, just kind of, you know, just seeing what we could do in, you know, five or six days with very little budget and see what happens. When's the last time you watched that movie? Uh, I mean, it's, it's been, it's been a while. I usually don't rewatch movies I make. I have, it's like a, it's just a weird thing where even screenings, uh, people have to, you know, put a gun to my head to get me to go to screenings. I, I just hate seeing like something. I think it's because I, I know like all the little mistakes I've made and that I've hid. And so when seeing it on the screen, every time like a mistake will come or something or, and it's, it's like a, ugh. like the, the audience probably doesn't even know it's there, but I, I know all the little flaws in it and it just, it's like uh, nails on a chalkboard watching it in, in front of like a bunch of people. So once you wrap with final edit, you clean yeah, your hands. Yeah, up. yeah, yeah. Yeah, I I really, I, I, I really watch older stuff I make, but now let me let me speak to you for the audience that would embrace a film like this dream. I think all of those little mistakes you're worried about are uh, the audience that watches these films, we really embrace it. And I think yeah. part of the found footage community is just knowing that we're not in like studio commercial hands. That's one of the things I've been thinking a lot about is like I'm guessing a dude like you is not rich off the movies you're making. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I'm, sur- I'm surviving. <laughs> yeah. I'm surviving, but. <laughs> no, and, you yeah. know, like, I've been really into these live streams of uh, Racer Trash lately. RIP. They ended last night. Mm-hmm. But a big, uh, like, the theme there in the culture is kind of like anti-money movies. Like, they're made for enjoyment, not for capital. And yeah. not that I'm like b- burn down the system or anything, but it's just, it's a different, like you're making it with heart. And yeah. I feel a lot of that. And the thing, the reason I'm bringing up rope and your film in the long shots is man, when you watch the stream, you can feel like this dude wants to make an in-world camera movie. Like the camera is so present. And I, Oksana walked in when I was watching it and she was like, Oh, is this POV? And I'm like, I don't think so. Like right when it started. And there's a shot where we move up to a radio on a mantle and you turn around and uh, our lead actress is in the kitchen, but she's in one of those like um, where they have a hole in the wall for the kitchen so you could serve food. Mm-hmm. And it, at first I thought it was a mirror. And I'm like, <laughs> oh, is it POV? And it's like, it was kind of striking when it wasn't. But that kind of like ghost of a cameraman like haunts that film. And um for for people looking for found footage, that movie's literally about found footage. And just to tease it a little bit, because I don't want to spend too much time here, um, a girl going, uh, she's dealing with her boyfriend's suicide, and they go into uh, his room, and he's been obsessed watching a live stream of what looks like a uh, dead body. He's got a bunch of printouts, and he's doing the conspiracy theory thing where you print out a bunch of photos and circle things in red. And it is just... Dude, the ideas are just there, and they're they're gripping. And I think that's going to be a theme when we look through your movies. You've got a lot of yeah. great ideas, dude. Thanks. And the 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 whole dead body thing. It's there's actually like a history of of that. Um, you know, the the idea with that first started. There used to be a, a website 
um, maybe back in the 90s or 2000s. It was called uh, watchmerot.com. And um, you would go to this website, and it was a woman in a coffin. Um, but it was really just a, a GIF, like, a, like just repeating over and over. And so, um, you know, I love that idea of this, like, dead body in the coffin and this camera. And so I set up this, um, this live stream on my YouTube. And I, I, I got this actor, Billy the Tall Guy. This is before the stream was even shot. And I did this YouTube live, live stream of the guy in the, the coffin. And like, um, like thousands of people were watching it and people were saying, no, it's fake. This is so stupid. But people are like, no, dude, it's real. It's real. And so it was kind of like off that where I just, where I kind of got the idea of like doing the whole movie kind of around that. How incredible is that? That's yeah, one of my, fun. <laughs> that's one of my favorite things with horror, and that's one of the the themes I think isn't explored enough in found footage, where it's like the like whenever you get into a culture and you really love something, you become hypercritical of it. Yeah, mm-hmm. and the idea that like, hey, you fucking idiots, you horror fans, you don't know what like a dead body looks like, and yeah. that whole conversation back and forth of like, it's real, no, it's not, no, it's real, yeah, it's like. I feel like you're missing the fucking point here. Well, I know yeah. exactly what a dead body looks like. Thank you very much. That is true. <laughs> I did grow up working in a what mortuary and yeah. digging graves. What were you doing? Oh god, indeed. <laughs> I did it all, man. One man band. Also, I, I that also begs the question. I wonder if anyone was ever um, inspired by Lemon Party. What the hell is Lemon Party? Sort of the sure. same thing, but uh, <laughs> you, you know Lemon Party. Yeah, I know. You should look it up sometime. <laughs> uh oh, is this another horror? No, you know, no, no. You know a lemon party? It's, no, it's, ter- it's, ter- it's terrifying. It's, I'm I'm the one recording this right now. I can't type that in. <laughs> lemon party is uh, it was like a gangbang of three like old men sucking and fucking each other. Yeah. Or oh, okay. I mean, that's cute and meat spin. If it's consensual, whatever. <laughs> Wait, so why was why were you looking it up, Isaac? It was a huge. It was a huge thing back then. Yeah, how do you not know, dude? It We're was, talking about internet culture. It was lemon. I don't know. Maybe he was buying a hat from the website or something. Yeah, it was a lemon hat. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Visit our store <laughs> now. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, the stream is on Amazon. You can buy it for five dollars. I recommend people check it out. At least rent it for two. Um, uh, let's move quickly through here. The next uh, feature you have came to me like kind of. Um, Oh, from my peripherals. I forget who recommended it at first, but they're like, dude, there's a found footage film that's completely recorded from a fucking doorbell camera. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, I was like, no way. Cause that's one of the things I don't, if you're a found footage fan, this is one of the things, every camera, the reverse camera on your car, a drone camera, everything is potentially a movie. Sure. But executing mm-hmm. it is a completely different thing. I mean, yeah. look, you, you and I, we watch a lot of, um, Compilation videos. Yeah, we do. Because we're in our mid to late 30s, and why not? (laughs) That's that's what, you know, responsible citizens of the world do. And, you know, we think about, you know, some of the more frightening things that we come across are doorbell cameras. Oh, yeah. So I I, I think it certainly is a service to that in that it's a good medium uh, for a horror film. Well, let's think about what the door, your front door to your house, like represents. Well, we also think about you know what's one of my favorite subgenres, and that's you know porn. Sure, <laughs> POV. Besides the lemon party aspect, okay. <laughs> um, you know, uh, home invasion films. Oh, that's your one of your favorites. I love it. 
You know, I I think I do too. It's just a fucking fear. Like, especially, dude, during the lockdown, all the riots and stuff, it's like, it became a real reality. Yeah. And I think doorbell dash cams, like all these kind of like, you know, uh, video recording will protect us. Which, I mean, even when we look at like retail stores, they don't. They don't, they, they prevent maybe if people are scared of it. But once that illusion's broken, your front door's opening up. Yeah. And, um, Dude, I, what the hell? What made you want to do this, Isaac? What made you pull the trigger on fucking a doorbell cam horror movie? It's you know, it's actually a very long, complicated story. But the the short kind of you know version of it is, you know, I had been hired to make this kids dinosaur movie. It's called Jurassic Tale. Oh, I was gonna get um, there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so okay, I'll leave that for later. So after that, after that incident, then that you know nightmare um i'm just i'm i'm left soulless and i have no and i'm just i feel disgusted and i'm like okay i'm gonna you know i gotta make a horror movie like i gotta get back on track um and i was thinking like what can i make with like um literally zero dollars i mean i think the whole movie was made for like 500 bucks and so i knew my mom she had this big porch it was like um, you know, it had a, like a big sitting area and things like that. And, you know, I'd seen the clip, um, like kind of like a compilation thing. It might've been like TikTok or something, but it was like a woman banging on the door in the middle of the night. And to yeah. me, I was like, man, it's terrifying. Like, I want to try to do something like that. Um, you know, in the doorbell format, um, in a feature, you know, in a feature film, and so I started writing the script and writing the script was the probably the, the one of the hardest things I've ever done because it, it's you have one angle, you know, it's just, you know, it's just one camera angle and you have to keep the, the story going, but you also have to keep it like entertaining because no one just wants to watch people talking for 20, 30 minutes, you know, standing in front of a, a camera. And so, yeah, it was just, I mean just it was just you know mostly uh having a crazy idea and you know it was one of those ideas where at first i was like no this is too too crazy like it's too ridiculous it's not gonna work and i think it's those kind of ideas that can kind of like blow up and so yeah we went out we shot it like in five or six days um and the funny part is, you know, after I finished it, I, I hated it. And <laughs> I, I've, I've learned to, like, have a softer heart towards it. Because, like, you know, after I, I made it, it took off. Like, it took off a year later. You know, a, a whole year went by. I put it on Amazon. I I almost took it down several times because I hated it so much. <laughs> like, it, I wait, just, no, I hate it. Wait, Isaac, why did you hate it? I just, I don't know. It, it felt like a gimmick, like, uh, like, like when I was making it, I had this idea, like it's a, it's a very strong concept. I think people might catch on to it, but then after that, it's like, there was like this guilt of like, man, it's maybe it was like too strong of a concept and it's like <laughs> emb embarrassing that like, maybe it's like a, I don't know. Well, here, let and me, so let me defend your film for you. Now, one, I do think it is a little weird looking at uh, the movies you've made because there's a yeah. lot of humor in it. There's yeah, a yeah. lot of humor. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I rewatched part of it um, 
And that really struck me because a lot of your film, you really deal with like kind of like dark subject matter. Like a lot of the characters are kind of like on a downbeat from the beginning. And mm-hmm. in here we got a jokey dude in front of the camera. It actually, <laughs> it's, it struck me a lot like um, Nigel's stuff where it's kind of mm-hmm. like you're disarmed. Nigel Bach. Yeah. Nigel Bach. And um, I, I know I'm too inside baseball with that. All the bad band movies. And it, it's very disarming with the humor. And we know we're watching a doorbell camera. So you instantly think, okay, somebody's going to be harassing them or like pranking them. Yeah. And I think, you know, where the concept, you know, where you expand on it and it moves out of just an idea is you went fucking paranormal. Yeah. And I was, I was like, Oh, we're doing a ghost like haunting the, like what a cool idea. And I I could feel you tiptoeing, not tiptoeing, but you're kind of uh, addressing an issue that uh, you weren't taking head on and i think it's uh i'm guessing now that you probably don't like theater which i don't either and when i watch a movie and it feels like oh this is like a stage play what do you mean you don't like well like uh, on screen um when when you watch a movie and it's done with one camera in one room and it feels like a play Oh, yeah. I'm like, it feels contrived. Well, it feels like heavily scripted. Everybody's kind of acting for the back of the room, but it's a can't, it's a movie. Well, we talk about that all the time is like, you know, we, whenever we sniff that out and found footage. Yeah, dude. Honestly, yeah. If you're going to submit to our fest, you, you got to have a little bit of like that raw energy and really like allow your movie to be, you know, discovered on film because when it's heavily scripted and it feels like you're doing a studio thing shoved into the found footage world you fucking you can sniff it out and i never got that vibe with this movie and it could have easily been that it could have easily been like a theatrical like and not theatrical like a stage play i don't i don't go ahead and and the people don't know this but they're when i when i finished editing the movie it was only 52 minutes long and I was like, oh, crap, this is, like, way too short. I got to, like, nope. add, I got to at least get to, like, an hour, 10 minutes. And so I went and shot. There's, like, 20 minutes extra of an ending that we shot. And I edited it. And I was like, oh, my God, this is, like, terrible. <laughs> like, it's going <laughs> to ruin the film. I have to just keep it as is and, like, whatever. Like, at least the, the story is there. And it's, like, kind of untouched and this uh man but this ending it would i it probably would have killed the movie if if i left it in all right do you want to tell him or should i you start i'll finish all right um thank you for not adding 20 minutes yeah (laughs) Uh, one, one of our one of the saving graces of running this film fest which you know we end up juggling a lot at the end of the day yeah is that the movies are very brisk and uh, when we're trying to get people into a theater to explore kind of like an avant-garde experimental format, it's very easy when we're like, yeah, the movie shot on a doorbell cam. Yeah, you know, there's no budget. And they're like, okay. And I'm like, and it's 52 minutes long. People yeah. are like, oh, I'm in. Like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah. I'll do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Studios on the other hand. Oh, so dude. that's the thing we're talking about. So, you know, I, I think that's certainly exactly what you said. One of the main reasons why we, you know, have fallen in love with uh, the sound footage is because we have that bit of a Wild West attitude with it, where we're yeah. not beholden to hit a certain runtime. But anytime that we do have studio involvement, then we get into that scenario of like that that ninety minutes, right? And then yeah. what we've noticed is that even even outside of found footage, just independent film in general, 
you know, we're having a lot of films under 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. A, a lot of feature films are just over an hour, just under an hour. And I, I think that's an interesting thing. And I think that may be because if, if we look at, at theatrical releases now, it's really hard to find a theatrical release under 90 minutes. I know. Yeah. Uh, because I think, and especially I think that that may have been per- perpetuated by, you know, the Marvel universe <laughs> because i think now you know all marvel films are well over two hours yeah right if you find a marvel film under two hours that's rare because people want it to treat it as like you it's a full night out it's a night at the theater and you're spending over three hours Ugh. here in this thing so we're gonna get you know we're gonna package everything together and i just i think that you know we don't always want that yeah like wh- why did you feel pressure to add another like 20 minutes so I mean, the, the main reason is uh, film distribution. Back then, you know, a lot of the film distribution, like companies, they wouldn't even look at your film if it was like under an hour, 20 minutes. Now, you know, nowadays, they've, they've opened up and they've, they've realized that doesn't really matter. But back then, it was like they wouldn't even take a look if it was like under, you know, an hour, 15, 20 minutes. Man, if I had a mind for business and some capital... <laughs> I would love to distribute found footage yeah. films. Um, I, I mean, God, one time we went to a horror convention and uh, we were pre-gaming and I, I never do this, but I showed up pretty drunk and I got into <laughs> several conversations with boutique companies talking about found footage and they're just like, hey, I hear you, but like, is there an audience out there? If I put out this movie, would anybody buy it? And I'm just like, Clearly, you don't. The, the internet is a thing. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And it's like, dude, and it's and that conversation hot. was with Jeff Bezos. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean, and honestly, uh, this is just for the audience. Don't don't put this out there. But I got into it with fucking Scream Factory. I was <laughs> that was the first one. I was, and I they had just put out the record box set, and mm. I said, "Hey, beautiful, what's next?" And they're like, "I don't know. <laughs> what could we market?" And I'm like, "What are you talking about?" And, you know, I, we're playing ball with Amazon Prime and people, I mean, right, you found an audience, didn't, um, Unknown Visitor, that did well on Amazon. Yeah, it did. Yeah. And it's actually, you know, even though I, I hated the movie, <laughs> it was, it was, it was Unknown Visitor that allowed me to, to see like, hey, there's people out there who will actually rent and buy this movie. And, you know, it funded last radio call and it's funded, you know, the next movie that I just finished up. So, yeah, there's a huge market out there. And I mean, there's still lots of potential for found footage. Okay. well, do you want to do anything else with Unknown? Because I got to ask him about Jurassic Tale. I, if you looked at his IMDb page, like I, I was coming in here and I'm like, I better make sure that I can really package um, Isaac as like a found footage director. Yeah. yeah and then yeah. there's this one little blip on there. And I'm like, all right, last thing before, before we get into that, um, Isaac, do you have a doorbell camera? <laughs> no, I don't actually. Um, I mean, making the film. I, I want I mean, one. Yeah, they're I great. One. I want one, but they seem complicated, like to set up. I'm in a rental house, so I don't know if. I don't want to fuck up the whole like wiring. And then, so I'm just, I just, I have a peephole. Isaac, uh, I, guess tell you. <laughs> I, got, I got one for my mother for Christmas a couple years ago. 
I am about, and I, this can be confirmed by Russell, who's yep. here. This can be confirmed by Randy, who's off camera, who is still probably bandaging his wounds from <laughs> getting into a fight with a concrete slab. I am horrifically ignorant when it comes into technology. Con- confirmed? Yeah, yeah. And more than technology. Mm. <laughs> Separate subject. Set this up with ease. Super easy to set up. Excellent investment. Not terribly expensive. Great. Also got a free Alexa out of the whole thing, too. So Can we uh, go a little bit more personal with Which it? Which has been unplugged. No. Okay. <laughs> I just, it was needed. It was needed, but did it help? Well, the, the <laughs> Wi-Fi situation is also very important. So make sure I that mean, you've got a, a nice, strong Wi-Fi connection, and you're good to go. <laughs> now, yeah. do, do I want a doorbell cam? Hell no, because I am of the mind that it's inviting uh, the ungood. And I think if you go back and you're looking through the footage, you're looking for something terrible. And even yeah, if yeah. I saw like a weird <laughs> animal out there, which I have seen out front, weird furry animals, I don't know. It's going to change my whole reality here. So you just want to continue living in the dark. In, in the ignorance, yes. Yeah. Ignorance is bliss. I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's talk about dinosaurs. Now, again, there's this weird uh, title yeah, under your uh, credits <laughs> as a director. And I'm like, uh-huh. what the fuck? Jurassic Tale. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I got to find this movie. I couldn't find the movie. I couldn't even find a trailer. So is yeah, this it's, like it's, a part of an ARG? I'm supposed to dig into a rabbit <laughs> hole? and it's, a, it's in the dark web, actually. Um, <laughs> even better. <laughs> so here's, here's what happened. It's, it's kind of like a, it's a long story, but here's the, the interesting part. So this, I, I make the cop cam. And it's viral. It's going all over the place, whatever. And I, I knew this actor. She was <clears throat> she was the actor from the stream. Her name's Brittany Dunk. And she knew this other producer, who uh, who I won't, who I'll, you know, will <laughs> remain nameless. <laughs> and he's like, "Hey, bro, you know, I, you know, I love the cop cam, and we can, you know, we can make serious money with it, and blah blah blah." And you know, I, and I'm like, you know, "Okay." He's like, so "He's." He seemed pretty serious. He had done some uh, some other bigger name movies, and so I'm like, okay, this guy is like a legit producer. And he's like, yeah, I can get you a hundred thousand dollars to make the movie, blah blah blah, and you know, and so you know where you know things are kind of going, and um, you know, a couple weeks go by, and he's like, oh well. The money's it's still the money's still on the way. Don't worry about it. Um, oh, just no. keep doing the script. And then, you know, a few more months go, and he's like, "No, bro, I promise the money's coming. Just this guy's just moving some stuff around." And <laughs> you know, back and this is like this. So this is like maybe five or six or maybe five years ago. And you know, I'm trying to make. I'm trying to you know advance my film career. I'm trying to you know, go above the, you know, no budget stuff. And so I'm like, kind of, I've committed already, you know, this is, so months go by and still nothing. So probably around six or seven months, he's like, well, bro, I got some bad news. I don't think (laughs) that that movie's going to happen. I'm like, no shit. (laughs) He's like, but like, um, you know, I made I made this dolphin movie a few years ago, and it did really well. And I can get us funding for that. You know, we should just do a family dolphin movie. And I'm like, and he's like, yeah, it'll be in the, it'll be in the Bahamas. 
He's like, do you want to go to the Bahamas? And I'm like, well, who doesn't want to go to the Bahamas to, you know, play around with dolphins? And so, <laughs> so that was a plan. We're making this dolphin movie that got switched around somehow into this family dinosaur movie. And I wrote the script and everything. Um, and so they, it was, the movie was funded, partially funded. And uh, it was, there was some, you know, shady stuff going on, but, you know, we, we make this dinosaur movie. Oh, and you made it. It's made. Yeah, it's made. Whoa. All right, I, let me stop. Before, before we get into this, I don't want to yada, yada, yada over dolphins. <laughs> so what, what, what sort of happened with the dolphin thing? Because I, I know a little bit about dolphins, and the main thing I know about dolphins is that they're pretty for lack of a better term, rapey. <laughs> so, I mean, yes. you know, was there an issue of like working with the dolphins? So we, I had written a dolphin script. It was, um, oh my God, it was this, this family funny dolphin movie. <laughs> and then one of the investors who had invested in the other dolphin movie, I guess the other dolphin movie hadn't made money yet. So he didn't want to invest in another dolphin movie. And I'm like, why is there so many dolphin movies going on? Like, what's like how many dolphin movies like have you made? And so so yeah, it's uh <laughs> Morgan Freeman needs work. Yeah, so so I guess in, in the Bahamas there's like um there's not a lot of rules. You can go there and basically do whatever you want. Like you can film in the <laughs> You can go to the airport and film on the runway. No one's going to say shit because just no one cares. And All right. Good but there's to know. a so they have a they have a dolphin sanctuary there, and you can um, you can like go. I guess they rent the dolphins for like it was like a thousand bucks an hour. They rent dolphins, <laughs> and you put the actors in the water, and the the trainers will tell the dolphins like do this, do that. It's a. It's just, <laughs> It's just a crazy, uh, it's a crazy world uh, there. But so yeah, but that never happened. Yeah, so that never happened. Um, and then we, uh, I, you know, I got this. I knew this guy. He did props, and I tell like, hey, can you make me a dinosaur prop? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure. Like no big deal. Like it's it, that that'll be easy. And so. Um, yeah, that guy doesn't talk to me anymore, by the way. <laughs> uh, so, like, it's two days before we're filming, and he brings the dinosaur to the film set. And we're just looking at this giant lump of latex and green paint and teeth. And the dinosaur has the biggest ass I've ever seen. It's just, it's like, it's not proportionate. And I remember I was there, it was me. Uh, the producers, the investors, and we're all just circled around the dinosaur looking at this thing. Like, what have we done? Like, like what have we gotten ourselves into? <laughs> but uh, yeah, so that's the dinosaur. Uh, it's, it's, so it's been in, they've been like, so some company bought the, the rights to it and they've been fixing it, you know, fixing the movie, editing, doing all that. You know, I think it's all wrapped up now, so it should be coming out in a few months, maybe. Ooh, I mean, it's a funny, it? it's a, it's a funny movie. It's a fun family movie. So, you know, I think, uh, some people might like it, but it's definitely not a horror movie. 
Well, I think even in just the context that it's a film you made makes yeah. it interesting. Because you look at your catalog and then we get, while spending summer break at their father's house, two kids discover a giant egg hidden in a nearby cave system. <laughs> they take the egg home and a few days later, a baby T-Rex hatches from the egg. They, they they try their best to secretly raise the dinosaur, but things get complicated when an evil scientist learns of their secret and steals the baby dinosaur. Every time. <laughs> I'll, I'll admit, when I watch it, I laugh. I still laugh when I watch it. So. Well, dude, how did you get Fauci in your movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and Dinosaur, how'd you get Biden in there? Biden. <laughs> dude, this is such a trip. And... Again, in in classic um, Isaac style, we got an hour twenty two runtime. Again, That's, yeah, the low commitment here. Yeah, <laughs> Isaac, is this is this a new direction for you? I mean, you know, no, that that was a, a mid that was like a life altering moment making that <laughs> dinosaur movie. Because like, because like you 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 like you, you spend so much time thinking like, Oh, like I wish I could make a movie for a, you know, bigger company, bigger budget. And then you make it and you realize like, I could have just went off my own and made something smaller and had freedom to do whatever I wanted and things like that. So, so yeah. What a fucking incredible story. Right. Yeah, I love was... The damn dolphin escorts was really my favorite part. $1,000, that's like Vegas rates, right? I'm, I, I actually plan to write a book about the whole experience someday because there's so many things I can't even, like, add to it. Like Now, would you run into any insane. legal trouble there? Uh, the Bahamas? Yeah. Like, well, I mean, because when you're working with, like, a producer, was any were any contracts ever signed or anything? Oh, my God. There was... <laughs> There was some, there was like some contracts were and and that was the biggest problem you know with the with the distribution was getting all the contracts together and you know it's oh. um, it's it's just a mess. I mean, isn't that what you get into film for? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For the bureaucratic party. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you rebounded, and uh, yeah. is this when you started making a one of my favorite movies ever, Deadware? So I, I made Jurassic Tale. Uh, yeah, I made Jurassic Tale, and then I did Unknown Visitor. Oh, my God. After, wait, hold on. The movie's called Jurassic Tale, and you got a dinosaur with a huge ass? Yeah. <laughs> I, it, how did that not? <laughs> I don't know how that got passed. <laughs> Dude, you got to get that in that Austin store, the October one. Put yeah, it up I, on the wall. I, I think it's called Black Black October, maybe. Block October. I don't know. Yeah, that Why might be the, name. the podcast. Oh, sounds like a good dolphin movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Black Dolphin Tail. That's next. Dolphin Tail. So coming off of uh, <laughs> the big butt dinosaur, and coming into a '90s aesthetic screen life film centered around what I like to call an ARG. Mm-hmm. How did you pivot into this? This seems so ambitious, too. Yeah, and so I, I did last radio call. And um, that that was kind of a long and tedious um, film. You know, the, there's a lot of locations, a lot of characters, things like that. Okay, so last and radio so, was filmed before. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, we well, did how, last radio. So how did how did ahead. you? 
So Last Radio Call is a sequel to the film that we showed at our first year of the festival, um, Cop mm-hmm. Camp. Now, and just so you know, it looked beautiful in the theater. And um, a film like like Cop Cam, like I mentioned earlier, we're we're exploring like an abandoned building with a flashlight, and we're doing kind of like a first person shooter thing because you you get the gun on camera, yeah. and I really think this kind of film speaks to a younger audience, and yeah, it really lives well online. I'll tell you, it was fucking cool watching it in the theater. Have you ever been yeah, able yeah. to? Yeah, I think yeah, I've seen it a couple of times in the theater. Man, yeah. it's so yeah. rad. Also, I think I believe we paired that with hashtag screamers as like mm-hmm. as like a very true horror kind of like fun block. That mm-hmm. thing was. Have you seen hashtag screamers? I've heard of it. Yeah, I've seen. I haven't seen it, but I've heard of it. Shout out to uh, Tom Malloy. <laughs> God, when did we talk to him? Episode twenty five, five years ago. Yeah. Holy fuck! Wow. Anyway, I, fantastic film. And um, then you you take that short that you made a couple years prior and you turn it into a feature. What brought you back to cop cam? It, you know, the cop cam is just something I had always been wanting to, to do into a, make into a feature only cause you know, it, it had such a big reception and the original idea was to make it like a full body cam type of movie. But then like after unknown visitor, I didn't want to be stuck with that, you know, you know, single kind of view, the whole movie. And I thought it might, people might get sick of it after a while. And so that's when I kind of decided, you know, I would make a doc, kind of a documentary type film, you know, around the body cam footage. And so there would, there would still be these moments of the body cam, but, you know, a more traditional way of filming around it and stuff like that. So here, Cop Cam came out in 2016. I'm curious, did you, I'm, I'm guessing you have, have you seen the fear footage? Yeah, I've seen the, the first one, yeah. All right, were you watching that in like, motherfucker? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> so I saw the trailer, and I mean, it was, a, it was a little different from the cop. I mean, it was still the cop in the first person view, whatever, but um, yeah, I mean, it's... I didn't really think, you know, that I can never make it again or something. I was worried maybe the the guy who made the fear footage would say, like when I did last radio call, I was worried he might think, oh, well, he copied me or something like that. But yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone really cares at the end of the day. No, I mean, we, I don't we, really care. We've had a uh, Ricky Umberger on here. What, mm-hmm. two, three times? Two. Um He's the chillest fucking dude. And if there's yeah. one thing about everybody making these found footage movies with like heart, uh, you, you guys are all fucking cool. So honestly, I think you should watch Fear Footage 2 and 3 because he's another yeah. dude like you that has interesting ideas. And it's, you know, again, another no budget, fil- budget filmmaker who mm-hmm. shot and edited the whole thing on his iPad. On his iPad. Oh, wow. Crazy. Yeah. So honestly, I I was curious because you know you get some traction with your short, and then there's a feature that kind of uses that as the uh, the wraparound for an anthology. I know I would be sitting there going, "Motherfucker, did you see my shit?" and kind of run with it. And uh, I really I don't think Ricky did, but also I think y'all are just like kindred souls. So yeah, yeah. When you see, yeah, that I mean, stuff, I, I mean, I knew it was kind of a low a lower budget horror film, and so I didn't really think anything of it. Now, if some big Hollywood, you know, Blumhouse were to come out with 
you know, <laughs> the, the, the cop footage and or whatever. And it was this big million dollar thing. Then I'd be like, you motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, there, there was a body cam movie, but it was, I couldn't even finish watching it. It was kind of, it was kind of bad, but. What, what movie but, was yeah. that? Clark, you saw it's, it, didn't you? With Mary J. Blige? Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just called body cam, I think. Yeah, I think you covered yeah. it on the show, right? With Mary J. Blige? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. it's... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I was just curious about that. Um, so you, you come back to the short and you turn it into a feature. Um, mm-hmm. I got a question for you, because you got the whole short in your feature. Was that yeah. something you had always planned on doing? Yeah, I mean, I thought it would just be a good callback and also a good way to add you know, three minutes to the movie. <laughs> right. Now, the only yeah. reason I ask that it's question, economical. Well, because you live on, you're, you're kind of a filmmaker who's, uh, your platform isn't, you know, like um, 100 theaters across America. It's the internet. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I think, you know, I've been thinking a lot about it with the Film Fest and it's like, well, what draws, like what makes a found footage fan? And I think there's an unarticulated uh, love of just film in general, like uh, yeah. being a voyeur, like an audience member. But also found footage films give you this rare position as an audience member where you have a lot of agency, especially when you're watching something online. And including the short makes sense narratively. And, it, it you know, nobody's left out. But also not including it seems like you, you're doing the uh, conspiracy theory again, where it's kind of like, hey, mm-hmm. here's a little bit of dots and you can connect them if you want. And yeah. I, I think that's rewarding for an internet crowd. But I think it ultimately would have hurt the movie to leave it out. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm like how much do you I, think I about that? I don't think anyone would have ever watched Last Radio Call. If it wasn't in there, I don't think anyone would have watched it and said, oh, my God, it's connected to that short film. Because, <laughs> like, there's just so many. But there's, you know, end of watch and, you know, there's just so many body cam things now. It's I don't think anyone would really connect it, all the dots if it wasn't in there. You, I don't know, man. There's yeah. so many people out there. <laughs> yeah, maybe you like you can't like, shit yeah. by them. Yeah, yeah. There's probably a couple, but yeah. But you're you're in you're in too deep, man. Oh, oh, yeah. Just like the the like the there's a famous thing about unknown visitor because there's a scene where um, there's a water bottle on the table. I think it's a water bottle and a sandwich, and the guy. I don't know. There's a scene where the where the sandwich disappears. And then the next scene, it reappears. And I remember when the the movie was getting traction, like people were shitting up. They they would just bring up that disappearing uh, sandwich and water bottle. <laughs> um, well, maybe, I it was a I made, maybe it was a commentary on uh, bulimia. Oh my! God. I I tell people it was a, it was a ghost <laughs> sandwich, but uh, but but I made things worse because um, so I put I put it on Amazon first. That was like the like the very raw first edition. But when I put it on Tubi, I got sick of people mentioning it. So I fixed the disappearing sandwich. And so, so Tubi has the, a corrected one and, and Amazon has like the raw first version. So, so people would be arguing in the, you know, the found footage groups, like on Facebook, like, Oh, I it took me out when the when the sandwich disappeared in this scene, and then people would be like, "What scene? There's no disappearing sandwich." And so people were, <laughs> I kind of like complicated things, but 
Now, their oh, found footage yeah. groups on Facebook? Oh, there's, yeah, a, there's, there's a million. What, what are those yeah. horror shows? Here, hold like? on. Oksana, pull, pull it down. She's the one that does all her social media. So, are, I mean, there are a couple of good ones. You, there's like, I found out about a fantasy found footage movie that's in the works that's uh, from the point of view of Merlin's like crystal ball kind of thing. Kill me now. But of course, there's... I mean, all Facebook groups have like assholes in them. I'm the, sure. the, the problem is, there are a million. Yeah. Found footage groups out there. But are there any in the metaverse? Oh, my God. No. So here's the Just thing, saying. Isaac, right. with your disappearing sandwich and two different formats uh-huh. out there, here's what you do. You create a blog post and you make up a bunch of bullshit about how Tubi covered it up, that sandwich was always there, <laughs> or, you know, you make it from like a third person and then you start linking to a crew member who's had the sandwich but went missing on set and oh, you just didn't want to talk yeah, about yeah. it are we talking to <laughs> gate right now <laughs> dude <laughs> you, you just you you give so there there's some hungry people out there lead them with yeah. a trail of breadcrumbs <laughs> bring them deep into the woods I, I honestly i feel like that's the that's the power of like the internet mixed with found footage horror is we're yeah. blending reality and fiction and if mm-hmm. people are online spending their life force <laughs> arguing <laughs> about this vanishing sandwich, but also <laughs> appreciate that these are all people that noticed that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, they're paying close attention. Yeah, at least they pay attention, yeah. But, and yeah, then, it's, ah, dude. It's called the, it's the found, it's just found footage movie group, and there's like <laughs> almost 43,000 members. <sighs> but, uh, yeah, I mean. Oh, man. <laughs> I, you know, I was riffing about this with uh, one of our um, program directors for uh, UF, and we were talking about, no, I think I was talking to an artist, and he was he was mentioning how when you use a bunch of, like, stock websites, and they have, like, horror picture, and, you know, you keyword search, and he's like, you know, when you look at it, there's you see it in marketing all the time. Like, you see these reoccurring images. And I told him, well, you know, on the podcast, one of our favorite things to talk about is when a production company makes your movie poster and they have the girl being dragged away. And it's oh, yeah. <laughs> and then you line them all up and you're like, it's the fucking same girl. Yeah. And it doesn't happen in the movie. And I was like, you know what we got to do? You got to make a faux doc about that girl and, you know, yeah. bring it all back to a photo <laughs> of her being dragged away. It's the last time she was ever seen. And then it's been her, like, yeah. Yeah, like <laughs> here's the thing. I'm so excited about you as a filmmaker because, you know, I feel like when we when we step out of the tradition of like, you know, the studio system and RKO and yeah. we're, we're here now and it's just like there there are no rules. Like we understand yeah. how movies are made, but we're just we're breaking them. My my message to you would be like, dude, don't ever be scared to go too far with this shit. Yeah, they, yeah. They're going to follow you, man. Like. I'm jazzed about all of this. And when, when I saw that you had made a sequel to your short film, honestly, I didn't know what that meant. Like, because <laughs> you could have done so much where it's like, oh, hey, here's a callback to my short. It's about the director going missing. And mm. there's some footage. You know, like, there's, it could be anything. Look, I'm bored. Yeah. Isaac. I'm sorry. I get too excited about these films. <laughs> and, dude. And, and make a dolphin movie, dude. <laughs> Yeah, that's gonna be a found footage. So last radio call, <laughs> I have to ask, where did you? So, I love your lead in last radio call, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sarah Fralick. Fra- dude, where did you find her? 
I mean, we were we were just friends on Instagram, and she had never really acted on film before. Now I I'd had another lead actress that was supposed to be in the movie, and she she um she kind of like bailed two or three weeks before we started shooting. And I was like, God damn, like I got to fill this fast. And, you know, Sarah had a, you know, she had a very unique look and, you know, she had a, you know, a good voice. And so I just kind of like proposed, like, would you might, you know, maybe be interested in acting. And she's a huge horror fan. So she was like, absolutely. And so she did some tests you know, video auditions and, you know, and she was, I thought she would be perfect for it. Good move, man. Now, normally when we talk to indie filmmakers, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty common that people will, I mean, famously Nigel Buck made bad Ben because he had a whole crew bail on him and, you know, <laughs> down to the day he was going to shoot. And most people, you know, they cast randomly and they just run with it and it, it bites them. The fact that you yeah. made her audition, dude, good instincts there. Because I I was getting ready to say, man, you fucking hit the lottery. Just randomly yeah, yeah. pulling somebody off the internet. She, yeah, yeah. Dude, she's great. Did she have any acting background? I think she did some like theater when she was younger, but never like any kind of film stuff. So it was her first, you know, film appearance. Dude, oh man, uh incredible. Um I feel bad, but I'm I'm like I I'm dying to talk about Deadware. All right, well you got like yeah. a few minutes. No, we don't. We he said he's free all day. I'm not. Yeah, we got a yeah. book for like three <laughs> hours. Here's the thing. Oh man, where where do I start with Deadware? Now we're doing Screen Life, which is uh, which is honestly a subgenre of found footage that I think is finding a new life. There's there's a. Mm -hmm. A lot more films coming out with this kind of... And for people who don't know, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast if you don't know. Screen Life usually takes the form of uh, like a computer monitor. Kind of like Unfriended, where our screen is a fixed monitor. Maybe it's a phone. But it's, you know, the kind of uh, electronic device that we interact with more than we should nowadays. Yet, um, Isaac decided to make Deadware back in the 90s. And I believe you're using real software there that I didn't even know existed. What was it called? Like Microsoft Net Meeting? Yeah, it was based on, uh, you know, I did some research and I come across this old software. It was called Microsoft Net Meeting. And, you, you know, you, it was, you know, the two video screens and you can share stuff. And I think you could even browse. Now, in uh, Deadware, the actual movie, you know, I, I didn't have license to, you know, put Microsoft logos and everything. So I, I, you know, pretty much recreated the whole operating system, the, you know, the desktop, all the wind, all the little video things, they were all kind of hand created to be similar, but not have any logos or things like that. How the fuck did you learn how to do that? I, I, just, I just, I mean, I didn't, I didn't make an actual operating system, but <laughs> <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I like just designed, you know, when I, you know, when I was editing the movie i did the whole the whole movie as you know the desktop and then every little screen was just a layer on top and then you know the browser would pop up and that was like another layer on top and it was it was kind of a nightmare to to edit you know because when you looked at the timeline 
you would see, you know, one timeline, but then you would click, you know, you can, it's called a, a nest. So you click on the main edit and there's like just layers upon layers. And it's, it's, it's like an, it's like an inception thing where there's layers inside the layers. And it was a, uh, yeah, it was crazy to edit. And I'm, I'm glad I, I learned a lot of lessons about what to do and not to do in, in the future, but yeah, it was, it was a learning experience for sure. Well, for such a complicated execution, uh, none of that comes through in the movie. It feels yeah, completely natural. Now I did mention earlier, uh, that Thomas had bullied you into listening to, uh, my review of it. And yeah. <laughs> I had one critique and I, I'm like, I'm really splitting hairs at this point, but it was the mouse movement. Yeah. And yeah. Dude, I agreed with you right when I heard that, but the, for some reason, editing, moving, like animating a mouse for some reason is very, <laughs> is very hard. And then, um, cause yeah, it's, I don't know. It's you, the way, the way it, you know, you animated on the, the editing software, it was either too fast, like too rapid or too slow where it would just like float. So I just try to find like a, a balance and just went with it. Yeah. It feels very, um, uh, it does feel robotic, but like mm -hmm. everything else in that movie is so natural that it's just like, who gives a fuck? And yeah. again, the reason I'm so in love with your film is we have two characters who are, you know, they're both going through their own issues and they're, they're meeting online. And we're, we're exploring something that we're doing right now, even though the film takes place in the 90s, which is, you know, people are, they feel isolated and you need each other. And the internet doesn't really do that for you. And yeah. you, you create this layer of like uh, very detailed, deep characters. And then they go on a journey together, um, kind of looking for information about a mutual friend, except instead of like exploring social media or looking at blog posts, they end up playing a game. And the game acts as kind of like an ARG. Like we, we have a mixture of fiction and entertainment in the game world, but we also have nonfiction knowledge. Like it's kind of like Myst, except it actually looks fun. Mm -hmm. And the problem with like ARGs, and we've been exploring this a lot last year, is that they're really a solo adventure. And it's kind of like a personal thing that you do, and it's complicated. And I don't know, you can't really share it with people. Yet you figured out a way to have two people work through a complicated online mystery and they're bouncing it back and forth. And it's like, it really works as a fucking film. And I don't think I've ever seen that before. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, there was, there was definitely inspiration from like mist and things like that. You know, I, I, I remember playing them, you know, when I was younger and I just remember like not even really playing it, but just <laughs> clicking around saying, what the hell am I doing? Like there's, and so it's funny though, cause it, it was recently re-released on Xbox. You know, they, they upgraded the graphics and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. You know, I'm, I'm a grown, I'm an adult. I'm smarter, smarter. Now I can play it and understand it. And I had no clue what the <laughs> hell I was doing. The whole, I was just, it makes no sense. I, I, I don't know who, it's playing these games and actually understanding them because they're they're so complicated and you really have to like go through every little detail in the game and like read every little note and figure out 
you know, oh, I have to go to this building and turn this dial to exactly 315. I mean, it's just, it's crazy. You know, um, but yeah, I, I just wanted that kind of two people playing through a horror version of, you know, Mist or something like that. Dude, you nailed it. Also, I completely agree with you. I remember when we had missed early on and I was playing like computer games back in like the Stone Age and Mist was just such a huge box with like a lot of material. And it's like, oh, finally, we're going to get like a big game here. And then you play yeah. like this is not a video game. I don't know yeah. what the fuck it is, but it didn't. Feel, yeah. I definitely wasn't having fun. And I have the exact same sentence. When you said it's on Xbox, I'm like, holy shit, I'm an adult now. I'm waiting. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm worried I'm going to have the exact same experience as you. But now, yeah, it's... now I'm, a, I'm a complete and utter uh, nerd and dork. And I talk a lot about like, oh God, like tabletop games like D&D and also um, RPGs on consoles. And there's this thing that happens that I think is very terrible for that community where you get a game like Morrowind or like Elder Scrolls and they're, they're sandbox. I know I'm, I'm in the weeds right now, but they're very open. And uh, like I mentioned earlier with found footage fans, you have a lot of agency. You can decide what this game is going to be like, depending on where you go. Yeah. And the problem with freedom is it's complicated and it can be boring because if somebody's not guiding you, you start to feel kind of alone and you're like, well, what am I doing in this fucking game? So yeah. naturally games start to turn into more and more like of a rail system where you're like on a track and everything is easy because freedom can be fucking complicated. And I think mist is like, there's an alternate reality where mist took off and there's a whole line of games like that. But, it, yeah. but in our reality, we went the other direction and yeah. it, you know, we, we narrow our perspective so we can all kind of be on the same page. And I, um, you know, I, I'm so glad that we get to celebrate a filmmaker like you because dude, the, the ideas you have, it really does open up what film can be. And man, you really, yeah, you captured the nineties with this movie and you did something I fucking hate with, um, uh, you, you changed my perspective. Did you ever see the movie searching? Yeah. Yeah. You know what I fucking hated about searching the entire movie? I, Clark hated the whole movie. I hated, well, one, I mean, uh, to, to call back to Scream 5, it feels kind of like, I'm air quoting now, an elevated found footage film. Yeah. Where it's like, yeah, here's a smart people found footage. It's like, fuck you. Like, first, and it, yeah. it was not. And it was not. Also, it kept hitting. Go ahead. I, I hated the ending. The ending. <laughs> yeah. The, the, news, the news lady or whatever, it just felt so fake. Like, it was, yeah. it was very badly wrapped up the way they... Keep going. I don't know. Well, also, just... you know, found footage. <laughs> you, there's always like being a voyeur. The, the fear is that we're always going to go too far and we're going to end up in a lemon party, right? Yeah. Like, like yeah. maybe I don't want to see this at the end of the day. But yeah. with yes, searching, searching kept, they kept teasing you with storylines that were like taboo, like incest. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, whoa, yeah. Yeah. we're going there. And then, no, we never do. No, just, ki just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, you think they were going to fuck a dolphin? Nope. Nope, that yeah. was a tease. And here's the thing. That wasn't even what I wanted to complain about right now. What I wanted to complain about was the kind of like what uh, what I was comparing Mist to, where it's like we move towards this kind of like hand-holding system. And in searching, mm -hmm. they kept doing zooms on shit. Like the fun about um, Unfriended was we get to decide what we look at. 
And yeah. none of the brands are faked. Everything's on there. We can look at her playlist or we can look down at her notification. You can pay attention to what she writes and deletes, or you can look at the video up in the corner. Like we have a lot of agency there. Mm-hmm. And in searching, it's like, hey, we know this is kind of complicated and a lot of information. So here, let's just zoom in down here where you should be looking. Yeah. And you do that a little bit in your film. But when I rewatched mm-hmm. it, I realized it's mostly for emotional narrative. And I'm just yeah. curious, is this something you think about when you're making like a screen life movie? Well, for me, the, the like, you know, there was a couple of times where the zoom in was, was kind of like a look here. Um, but for me, it was, it was more like, um, you know, editing, um, you know, editing a conversation. So it was like, when I zoomed in on a character, it was more just like, uh, you know, changing a, a camera, camera angle kind of thing. And because I, I just edited the whole movie, you know, it was it was the whole, there's a there's a version of the movie where it's just a whole white the whole desktop, and so I took that and then I you know edited the zooms you know just zoomed in when they were talking and things like that. I get it because one of those when you watch a screen life movie, they're really good at just feeling all in one shot. Even though, yeah. even though they're not, it's just there's so much going on that kind of the film language just like melts away. And yeah. every time I watch Unfriended, I am always amazed. Like, God, it really feels like we sat down for an hour and a half and this just happened. Yeah. And yeah, man, I, I got to ask, how scripted was this movie? Uh, the whole thing was was scripted. That's incredible. Um, you know, I, I read, I wrote the whole screenplay. But what I what I what I do though is you know I'll write a screenplay and I'll give it to the actors and I I just tell them um, you know they can kind of do whatever they want with it it's not a you know it's not, I'm not like a I'm not dead set on like you have to say these lines it's part of the story like I let them you know add to the character and things like that so then it becomes more of a a natural thing, dude. Your leads in this movie are incredibly natural. It feels like yeah. <clears throat> now, you know, I, I talk a lot about being a voyeur and enjoying film. And I know when you watch like VHS, you're clearly a voyeur because we're doing a lot of shit we're not supposed to and, and we're yeah. watching it. But when you watch a screen life movie, it's almost like you're like a it's almost like you're an unfriended and you're like an yeah. intruder in a Zoom meeting or something. Yeah, and yeah. We're just watching this like intimate conversation. And man. If if anybody walks away after listening to this interview and you're like, oh, I should check out a movie, fucking rent Deadware. I or just buy it because you're gonna want to rewatch it. I don't. I can't love this movie more. Yeah, it's yeah. I mean, it was, we shot it in I think th- we shot it in three days total. Damn. And, and I, I mean, we just it was they communicated through an actual Zoom meeting. So they were talking, doing the movie through Zoom, and then I recorded, you know, the audio and the video separate through like a GoPro. And there, you know, the only problem was sometimes the Zoom audio would get into the into the microphone. So like in the movie, there might be a couple times where you hear like an echo, but I just figured that that's just an effect of <laughs> yeah of back then. Like it can pass off. Um, but yeah, I just watched them. Yeah, I was kind of like the voyeur. You know, I hid my face. And so I was just watching them, uh, you know, go, go through the script. And yeah, I mean, that's, it was 
I mean, shooting, it was easy. It was the, the editing. That was the, the huge, that's where all the, you know, to the time took was editing. Now, that's another one of our uh, favorite things to talk about on here is how, you know, uh, cinema up until what, the mid uh, 2000s, it was all about the auteur theory. And now I feel like we need a new one because with found footage, it's all about the editing and, and the editor. Yeah. And a lot of the times people are in your position making these movies where they're director, writer, editor. And mm-hmm. you're saying it took three days to shoot it. Now, how long did it take to build this movie out and edit it? Uh, probably like two, two months, maybe. <laughs> yeah, two months of just pure. Um, and like towards the end, you start going crazy because you've seen it so many times. And, and you, you don't even know what, what's scary anymore. You don't know if, if this thing is working or not because, you know, you've seen it so many times. So you're, you're, you're completely numb to it. And you send it to, like, you might send it to someone else, but they're not, I feel like like 90% of the people, you know, if I send them something, they say, oh, yeah, it's good. I like it. I really like it. It's it's hard to get a real like gauge on it because you know no one's going to say, well, it's not really scary. It kind of sucks, you know. And so it's yeah, it's kind of hard to to gauge. Well, how the Isaac, movies. If you ever want yeah. to send us stuff, I've I've had yeah, this conversation yeah, many times with Thomas, and like anybody we really do any kind of art with, where it's like we're not helping each other unless you're you're kind of like blunt about it. Because if yeah, you're like, yeah. hey, dude, it's great, and it's garbage, you they're just going to turn around and show somebody else, and they're going to be like, what the fuck did Isaac just show me? And then, yeah, and so I finished editing it, and I was like, I had no idea if it was any good, and I sent it to one distributor, and they said they didn't want it because they, they didn't want to do any uh, screen, screen movies. They called it screen movies because they said, <laughs> oh people are tired of looking at screens from COVID. So we're not taking any screen movies. Wow. And I was like, I was like, what does that even mean? Like, I was like, can you like elaborate on that? Cause it doesn't, he's like, yeah, we're looking for more cinematic movies. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and so I, I sent it to another place. Um, and they're like, yeah, we like it. Um, but it's kind of slow, and it, and it, there's not a there's not a big scary opening, and and you know we want to put it on YouTube, and we're we're afraid that people are going to drop out and not you know watch it, and it's so I was like you know just forget about it. I'm just going to self distribute on Amazon, and, and it's been doing pretty good so far. So I'm kind of happy I just went that direction with it. I'm I'm glad that you still own it. Because clearly, yeah. these people don't know what the fuck they're talking about. People are tired yeah, yeah. of looking at screens. And what dolphins? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you should have sold them on a dolphin movie. God yeah, damn it. Yeah. How out of touch are fucking people? I'll t- now, Isaac, I just I want to tell you, because I don't know how often you get to hear from... Uh, this is me as a fan. Um, we, we had a guest over. She flew in. And we sat down and we were like, let's watch this movie. I think Thomas had just sent it to me for the TBR report. And I was like, all right, let's go in there. And I'm like, I'm just going to buy it. Fuck it. I just buy everything he he tells me to rent. And we got into it. And I am kind of a stickler when we watch films. I hate it when people are talking all the time. I mean, there are certain environments and films that are kind of meant to be like party movies. Not fucking found footage. The whole reason we started this whole Overlook thing was just so I could bully my friends into getting into a room. 
I could play these movies on surround sound, project them, and then be like, now be quiet and just watch it. And we can talk about it after. <laughs> and yeah. when we watch this one, uh, I forget. Somebody went to the bathroom. I can't remember. So we paused it. I hate, I hate doing that. But when yeah. we paused it, we were, we were just getting in the third act. And I remember sitting there and just talking about what we thought was going to happen. Now, I never do that. I fucking hate it when people try to predict movies. Mm-hmm. But we genuinely didn't know. It was like, dude, is Blank going to pop up? Is that going to be, is there going to be a twist? And uh, we completely guessed wrong. And I mean, right? I'm not, I'm not making this shit up. Dude, I had such a blast with this film. I, um, awesome. So as a fan, dude, uh, I really hope you don't venture out of uh, found footage anytime soon. I, I, yeah, do no, see, no. I, I do see you have one, one film you're working on, but it looks like you brought Sarah yeah. back for it. So I'm hoping it's in world camera. Yeah. So that's, uh, the, it's a, it's called a town full of ghosts and Sarah's a, she's kind of like a smaller role in this one, but it's a found footage film. Thank you. Uh, it's, and it's, it's about a, a couple and they, they move in, they're doing this like YouTube channel kind of thing. And they sell everything to to buy this this ghost town in the middle of nowhere, and they're trying to like they're trying to like revive it and things like that. And of course, things don't go as planned, and there's some some pretty bad history there. Are you shooting this one in Texas? Uh, we we shot it already. I shot oh. it in December, and and this is the one Thomas is is actually helping me edit. So uh, he's been editing. He's been doing. He's been doing a really good job. It's kind of weird not editing. This is probably the first, yeah, it's the first feature film I have I've shot, I've not edited. So it's been a, it's been a good experience so far. All right. Well, you hired a machine. I know. <laughs> Disguised yeah. as yeah, yeah, yeah. No, he'll he'll message me sometimes, like like nine in the morning. He's like, oh man, like check this out. Uh, it did this last night, and I'm like, dude, when do you, like when did you sleep? <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't really sleep. I just edit. And I'm like, damn. Yeah, Thomas is a cool guy. Yeah, and, you know, again, with the, with the whole Unnamed Footage Festival thing, I we really started it to try and make a home for this community. And fuck, yeah. I think in the five years we've been doing it, Thomas has done more work. than. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, man, I'm excited, dude. Isaac, I think if, if you're out there listening and you're a found footage fan, you got to get familiar with this dude. He's, he's doing incredible work. You did a fucking doorbell camera movie. You did a screen life film with your dude. Vloggers buying a town, a ghost town. What a fucking great premise, dude. He did dinosaurs. <laughs> he almost did dolphins. Dino- <laughs> Almost, uh, Man's down. <laughs> if you love big butt dinosaurs, you got to track down my man. And Isaac. who does it? I do. <laughs> All right, I can. I can feel Clark. He's ready to go. The time is also telling us it's ready to go. All right, so fine. Isaac, thank you so much, yeah. man. We're sorry about differing you. your name. That's uh, all good, but, but you're in the family now. So also, I, I apologize about that. <laughs> Yeah, I planned to go further with the Isaiah bit, and then I was just yeah. like, uh, "It's embarrassing. I didn't want to it do is. it." <laughs> I, no, when I I was just happy that someone liked the movie, so I was I looked past the Isaiah. I was just happy <laughs> someone liked the movie because <laughs> that was you were probably one of the first person, like first people to actually review it. And so, and again, thank you, uh, yeah. Thomas, for that because uh, yeah, again, we cover a lot of film. 
I don't know how he's constantly digging up titles. And honestly, I yeah, feel a little is. embarrassed about it because you're you're an alum of the Unnamed Footage Festival, so I should have known. Yeah, it's just so hard <laughs> to keep track of everything. Yeah, anyway, yeah, definitely. I'd, Isaac, I love it, man. We got to get you back on at some point. Yeah, so. definitely. Thanks, man.